0: Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Gary V Audio Experience. We have an awesome episode for you today, but we just want to remind you before the episode starts that if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, please leave your comments in the Q and A section under this episode. If you're listening on Apple, Google, or anywhere in between, please tweet Gary at Gary V. Make sure you join the Discord to stay up to date on all things V friends, and we hope you enjoy this episode
1: this is the gary v audio experience
0: so they put some time into that if they're reading off their phone it's just for that reason and uh ruby is going to kick things off for us today don't mind yeah. all right hi my name is ruby so my question my brain is always driving always hustling and that's just who i am that's what i built myself around but I also really care about the meaning behind the work I'm doing. And I'm worried that I'm putting so much effort, so many irons in the fire, that I'll get to the finish line and realize none of it was meaningful. But my, my question is, is how do you make sure you're putting your effort in meaningful places? And when you're someone who works super hard on everything you do, how do you maintain a longevity and not burn out?
1: Um so you don't know if your energy is going in the right place. And that's exactly how you get to a place of having no burnout. It's extremely zen when you can balance ambition with patience and gratitude. For me, I'm just happy I'm playing and whether it works out or not is kind of irrelevant in some ways, truly of course I'd like to be successful in everything I do, but the not judging yourself against your own ambition is the superpower. And it's why you never burn out if you play that game
0: Bear with us for a sec because the sound is still adjusting for a moment. But I think that part of what you know, Ruby and a lot of the other students here will hopefully be leading their own organizations at some point in the future. As a leader yourself, how do you convince other people of that same meaning? You, don't, you, don't, to, to just-
1: you don't convince. You know, convincing is a very dangerous game What's, what happens is you get people on board through your actions. I'm such a great communicator, one would think that so much is going for me because of my communication. I would actually argue that my communication style is actually a detriment to me up front because there's a borderline level of cynicism that has to come along with the gift of gab that people use to protect themselves. And the reason I have anything meaningful is the truth of my actions eventually get those that are closest to see it on board and inspired to do?
0: And lately, you know, as you've pivoted five or six times yourself just in the last few years, where are you finding the most meaning in your pursuits?
1: Oh, disproportionately in the Gary V of it all. Like the Gary B content thing, like looking at these young faces and knowing that some of them think I'm cool, thus giving me leverage and equity for them to listen to me so that I can tell them that kindness and patience and humility and being a sweet person is actually the winning formula is massive. You know, when I get the feedback from people that you changed my life because I realized I didn't have to be a dick face, and I'm not a dick face, Gary. I'm not a dickface, but I thought you had to be a dickface to win the game, right? Like, to me that is profound. And you know, I think for the people here who like skew towards being a guidance counselor or like a camp counselor or like a head coach or, you know, this will make sense to them because I have this in me. When you get your joy from other people getting joy from your actions, there's no better joy. It's just that what's I think a little bit unique about me if I'm like analyzing myself as if I'm not myself is that has come in like spiritual leaders. That's come in like parenting. That's come in guidance counselors and principals. And it just, we haven't heard that from like gangster ass business people. You know, like, I think that's what's probably, you know, as I analyze it, I'm like, why the fuck is this happening? I'm like, you know, that's right. Like, I can't think of somebody who like fucking is crushing out here in that way that's also spewing grandma shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, that leads us into uh, Levi,
0: if you don't next. Okay. So my name is Levi, and I wanted to ask, we're at a point in our lives where we all feel very similar to what you talk about a lot in regards to having the most opportunity to take on risks and try new things. But sometimes you do the calculations in your head. And even though the risk of failure is so low for us right now, there's still fear of taking that step, a voice telling you not to. What are different ways that we can conquer that fear, also why do you curse so much?
1: <laughs> I'll, answer, I'll, answer the, I'll answer the easier one. I think somewhere along the line I realized if I just stay being myself, a lot of good things will happen in a world where nobody stays themselves. And I'm a Jersey boy from the fucking streets of Edison, New Jersey, right? Like it is, this is how I talk. It feels, this is how it is in my head. No different than when you wrote that down to ask the question, like that's what was in your head. When I curse, it's in my head. And what's interesting is it used to mainly only come out more in like public speeches and things of that nature. And then, you know, like it's just, I just never think, brother, right? I'm never thinking, right? And what I mean by that is I'm just being natural at all times. And so I don't even know when I'm cursing, genuinely. Really, I really don't. It doesn't even register. There's never been a moment where like, I love when people, like, don't like it and they're like, he's forcing it. I just laugh so much because I'm like, if these people knew how, I, like, there, if anything, there are times where I think about not trying to do it but still can't control it because I'm just in my flow. As far as your first question, it actually ties to the second question. When I started public speaking and losing out on speaking gigs, left and right because I cursed, I knew that I was gonna double down on what got me there, which was I'm not gonna overvalue other people's opinions, I'm gonna value my opinion about myself. The little voice in your head is called the insecurity devil. The insecurity devil on your shoulder is your wor- is saying to you don't do this because when you fail, the girl you like, your brother, your mom, your teacher, like someone's gonna think you suck and you believe them and that's the problem. If people really got into a place of just doing things that they want to do and not worrying about what people thought about it, everybody would take risks in their 20s. You by nature of being in this program are already taking risks that are different than your contemporaries so you're already halfway home. But this is still school even though it's different. And the real world of jobs and companies and starting your stuff, that's the real jungle. This is just cool right now, what you're doing. But the real jungle is scary because there is no system. It's not subjective. You know, teacher Adam can't just say you're good. The world tells you the truth. And people are scared of the world. That's why we have professional students. And so, you know, I think um, the reason people are scared of the world is They actually think getting fired or having their startup fail or them not being able to be an influencer because nobody gave a fuck is a bad thing when I think it's a great thing. This all comes down to confidence and insecurity. The reason you won't do something is you are too insecure to do it.
0: Yeah, we actually talk about failure a lot and I'm curious if you have one that sticks out from your own past where you think about it now and you, and you attribute more of your success to the
1: fact that you I am one of the all time worst students of all time. Like actually, like I was, you have to understand, I was in the height of college propaganda. When you go to school from 1982 to 1998, you were in the sweet spot of 16 years where I had teacher after teacher in middle school and high school tell me that I was going to be a garbage man because that was the bad thing. And so my failure was macro. Every grown up in my life besides my parents told me I was going to fail. My teachers and all my friends' parents. I think I'm overly successful because it wasn't a failure. It was a failure of a generation of growing up The entire world, the thing that everybody in this room is scared of, was shitting on me every minute on the hour. Because your entire self-worth was about your grades. They did not grow up with that. It was a big part of it, but they could have made up that they were an entrepreneur and people would have believed them. Right? They could have made up to their parents and teachers and said, I'm gonna make a million dollars on YouTube, and even though they didn't believe it, there was a 1% that they had to believe it because it's now true. When I was growing up, you were just fucking out. Yeah.
0: That's actually never Aaron. You weren't know, going to go next, but would you mind I'm doing your question next? Because it's really about what they're talking about. Sure, right I great. <clears throat> so I, I if, I'm Aaron, and I just want to just and I noticed that you know you talk a lot about the importance of financial independence when dealing with family members who might not approve of what we're trying to do, per se. Now outside of that, what are some ways that, you know, you, what are some ways that you can work with your family members to help them get on board with what you're trying to do if it doesn't fit within their, society, their society's traditional standard,
1: per se? Why do you want to do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Why do you want to get your parents on board? They, you know, they, you know, to be honest with you, they provide the background of my, they provide like, the backbone of my financial support even to this so day. there's the financial
1: That's the <laughs> answer. That's what I was hoping you would say. Um, if your parents are paying for your existence, they have say. Right? If your parents are paying for you to live, they have say in what you do, right? And so the question becomes a couple things. One of the things, one of the frameworks that most scares me is kids taking their parents' money when they're grown up to do what they want to do, not what their parents want to do. So I think one of the things to think about is how do you live more humbly? so you don't take a dollar from them, so that you don't need to sell them on your mission, so that when you accomplish your mission, they'll be proud of you. Is that in the cards, brother? Is that something you can do? Yeah. That. Because there's a bigger reason I want you to do that. Whether you consciously know this yet, or it's sitting in your subconscious, you taking their money, right, financially, makes you feel like you can't. There's something incredibly intoxicating on standing on your own two feet. And so all that requires is for you to, less Uber, less Equinox, less Starbucks, or if you do none of those things, three roommates instead of one.
0: Yeah, the amount of Uber Eats that could be saved on this
1: campus is a lot of fun. Yeah, like like people people don't realize we're in such a first world country that the things that they think are standard are insane luxuries. A man or woman drives to a place to pick up the food that was made for you and drops it off for you. You didn't even make, we got entitled where we stopped making our own food. Now we don't even go pick it up. So like, I think a lot about that. So it's a great question and super important. Of course, if your parents are paying, they're gonna have leverage. Let's eliminate their leverage. It gives you clarity to your focus. And then when you succeed, it tastes 10 times better.
0: I'm switch gears with uh, Annabelle for a second. Hi, i Um, uh, Let's see. So I did have another question. However, you did bring up and mention uh, flow. Um, I kind of want to go based off that. So we've discussed flow within a few of our classes. And my kind of main question is, how would you find a flow if you haven't been able to kind of discover that yet? And then a follow-up question, how do you keep the flow going? Um, specifically for long periods of time without getting distracted.
1: By being honest with yourself. You gotta really go into a place where you start really like pushing yourself emotionally to understand where you're tricking yourself. Where are you tricking yourself? The amount of times I see kids like yourselves roll up on me and say, Gary, I'm gonna buy the Chicago Bulls. You're gonna buy the Jets, I'm gonna buy the Bulls. And I could taste it in their sentence that they know they can't. The place where it really works is when you stop peacocking and posturing to yourself as a measure to make yourself feel better and bigger and actually are just comfortable with what you are, you get really into your state. This is what's so great about my life. You're a failure, you're gonna be a garbage man. And I was just like, I just like selling stuff. <laughs> you know? And I don't care that everybody thinks that I'm not a lawyer or a doctor or an executive. Like, I'm happy. And if that makes, you know, I was a pig in shit at 27 making 70,000 a year. Pumped. Working every day at a liquor store, helping my family. Like, Flow's easy once you stop lying to yourself and, want, and once you stop trying to impress others with the shit that comes out of your mouth.
0: Love
1: that. Right, and then, and then back to your point, I've seen a lot of people that use flow to get there, but then they're in new places, and then they stop. They were confident enough to get here, but now that they're in like this upper middle class of society, that's when they stop, start posturing. Because they're like, they thought they were good, but this person they just met has a yacht. And they're like, yo, they feel lesser than, and they can't keep their flow because they stopped doing the thing that got them there. The thing that got them there was not giving a fuck, but now that they got this new place, like something changed because like, they didn't even realize shit got that crazy up here, and they actually do feel insecure. You're yeah,
0: not. awesome. Uh, me? Alex, Uh, Hey Gary, I'm Nate, Um, I'm really curious about the value of new experiences and trying new things. Um, What's something new that you could try in your career that you hadn't done before and ended up having an impact on your trajectory that you were expecting?
1: Uh, I started to deploy candor one-on-one, not just in settings like this. Candor was very hard for me, team. I really struggled with confrontation and being the deliverer of bad news. And so it completely changed the trajectory of my career. I started realizing everything that wasn't working for me professionally and personally was based on my ability to be candorous. And so about three, four years ago I started getting better at it. I still struggle with it. I'm still maybe a D plus, C minus, C. I'm I'm on the way, but I was in F land. And from F to C has like fucking been remarkable. And the impact is I'm well on my way for the personal and professional you know accomplishments that i want for myself and so i've gone in the macro what it's meant is i've gone from a to a plus because that's where i was getting fucked up everything was so good anyway kind of sort of that it was like hidden that this was like when you're living in a life and i am uh it was hard to see that there was something to get to a plus and i had to go through some painful things professionally and personally to get there
0: and so, for, for the students, candor is often talked about in the corporate setting, but are you saying that you use it in your personal relationships? 100%. In your own community as well?
1: Siblings, relationship, parents, friends, and then, you know, like, life. Like, I'm very, I don't need much, so it was very easy for me to <clears throat> eat a ton of shit and build subconscious resentment, but I was so happy overall, I never needed to kind of call that card but then in certain scenarios it became not sustainable. It really hurt me professionally and firing people got very dirty because I wasn't giving enough feedback and then they'd be surprised and I was like resentful at them because they sucked the whole time. I was like, how do you not know this? And like, it became dirty, but that was on me. I had to be accountable. Right.
0: Well, shameless plug, Nathan's going to be working at Vayner Sports one day, so he'll, he'll reach out later. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Johnny, do you
1: know that? You know, we repre- you, do, you know, do you know, do you know that we represent O'Neal Cruz?
0: I do not know that. No, that's, there you go. <laughs> all right. Hello, Gary. I'm Johnny. Um, so we're, so all of us, we're the stars of our own movie. And a lot of our generation, especially, have grown up with dreams of becoming super famous and super well loved and super well known and you're one of the people that that's actually happened to, and it's like a result of your entrepreneurship, and so now that you've reached this place that people dream about, what sort of value and meaning do you feel that celebrity brings to your life versus if
1: you had remained a successful but unknown unknown entrepreneur? Um, It's brought only the opportunity to positively impact more people, everything else is a drag. Like, yeah, like, that's not fair. I love people so much at like such a weird level, the fact that like, it's kinda weird, like I'm thinking it through at the airport, pre Gary I would just like roll up on people and just start talking to them. I'm weird like that. In the best way, like I wouldn't weird people out, I would find, you know, I'm good, I have good intuition, I could see where I could get into a combo. post V, it all comes to me, so that's good in a way, right? But, like, I don't like when people treat me different because they know that there's something going on with me because I'm uncomfortable with it and I don't need it. Like, I don't need a free appetizer. Like, I don't need to cut a line, you know? Like, so, you know, the good thing is I can make people happy. A great, I'll give you a cliche thing that people usually say the other way, I go the other way. The, one of the best things is I take a million selfies. Why? Because I know when that person leaves they're pumped and I can, t- I can feel what I would feel like 20 years ago if I had the opportunity to do that with Macho Man Randy Savage. Right? Like, so I understand what that is. Um, but you have to understand, this will make sense to you, I, I was 30 years old before I made a video. Think about that. I was 30 before I made my first piece of content. So it wasn't like something I wanted or aspired to. I didn't move to LA. Like it's not, the fame is um, fine. It's good for business development. I like that. Leads to opportunities. But by far the best part is some of you will actually listen to some of the things I'm saying and that will be good for you and that feels good for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, hi, my name is Grace, I hope. Um, and I know you get asked a lot of questions every single day. Um, but what's something that you don't normally share with people? Uh, something that might be unusual to your current audience?
1: That's a good question. I think um, you know most of the stuff I don't share is like personal, family stuff. You know, I think, um, um, and I like to keep that private because it's other people's business. It's not mine to share when it's, you know. As far as everything else, like I'm really open book life. Like I really try to share with y'all. I think the part that probably would confuse most of you is like truly how zen I really am. Like, it is really that chill. I'm high energy and I'm go, 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 but like I'm really trying to figure out how to get people less anxious, you know? And so I don't think people would know how, I don't think they could believe how busy I actually am. I think that stands out. Like I don't think people really realize that I have 43 meetings a day. Like I don't think they realize how hectic it is and I don't think they realize how easy it is if you go to the place we've been talking about emotionally.
0: Thanks so much for listening or watching to that episode of the Gary V Audio Experience. We really hope you enjoy it and we hope to see you next time.